Hi, everyone. You're listening to In the Open, a podcast by Mental Health America, where we talk all things mental health related. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Uh, Today, it's America and Teresa. And today, we're going to continue our toxic relationship conversations. Today's topic is how do I support someone who was abused? So the frame that we're going to take really is for me to really set the stage for this is coming in from the place that I really want to be supportive of someone who has been abused and figuring out the most effective ways to really engage in a conversation and very thoughtful support instead of automatically coming in and being like, I'm going to save the day, you know? Yeah. It's really hard. (laughs) Well, like getting everybody on the same page, you're coming from the perspective where you've never experienced abuse, but you have helped people who've experienced abuse or violence. Yeah. And I, my perspective is as someone who has been abused and what it feels like to support other people who have been abused when I'm also struggling with my own stuff, which is a totally different thing than just having also been abused, period, and not necessarily thought about how to help yourself or help others in this process, right? Yeah, definitely. So when I first asked you this question, how do you support someone who's been abused? What came into your head? Distinct moments where I have been the person that people have reached out to and they're like, not in so many words, like I need help, but like, I need your help now. And I don't, I don't know what to do. And I remember the, that's what immediately came to mind. And I was like, my response was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then I was like, okay, stop, breathe. Let's think about what we can actually do. And, and my brain automatically led me down a path of some steps, right? With the first being, are you in danger right now? Mm-hmm. And then in, in most of these situations, the individuals were not. So it was more around me being able to really think through, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. You need help. What do you need? And and how I can be of use to you in this moment and moving forward. Yeah. I think it's very common for almost all people when they get shocking news to feel fear, responsibility, struggle with feeling out of control, not knowing what to say or do, like feel bad and just like not know what to do about feeling bad. And it's one of these kinds of conversations in our lives where, you know how like in normal everyday conversations, it feels calm and you're like, oh, I'm able to think through my thoughts. Like when someone discloses a crisis, like, oh, I cut or which is abusing oneself or, Hey, this happened. And like, tell me, is this normal or not normal in a relationship? Like all of a sudden for the, the listener, you're like, you know, like all of a sudden your brain feels like you're like, Oh my God, all hands on deck. (laughs) Yeah. It's an overload. You definitely get overloaded with emotions because even now talking about it and thinking about it, I feel, um, 
like ants in my stomach. Like, okay, you got to do something. You yeah. have to do something, right? Yeah. And everything you said is is embedded in that experience because there is a there is a, a very distinct moment when you're like, oh my god, I do not want to say the wrong thing here and mm-hmm. not and sound like the ass and be like, oh, everything is fine. It's like, oh my god, shut up, take that back. No, sorry, right? Um, yeah. And then you being able to walk walk down a path that's really going to be of use. And that happens in like two seconds. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> saying the wrong thing and learning from that mistake and in the future saying the right thing. Because yes. my version of as in a person who had been abused, helping other people who've been, who have been abused, I have been on the receiving end of what you said, where people dismiss, where they're like, oh, that's not a big deal. And you're like, wait. Yeah. And then I, as the abused, helping an abuser, will also, I learned that I, I can jump too quickly to be like, oh, I know what that is. Like, I I, I know what that is. I experienced that too, which is also not what that person wants yes. to Yes. Yeah, totally. Because it's like, actually, yes, this, what you've described checks all these boxes. And now, yeah, you're like, yeah, sure. Let me turn it on to me because that's what's comfortable. And also, I I feel like maybe this is the way to relate to you is to tell you how I've been hurt too. And you're like, no, that's not actually helpful to them. Okay. That is not at all helpful because actually, one of my therapists, I remember having a conversation with her and going through this, you know, I'm telling her this is what's going on, blah, blah. And then the whole conversation shifted to her experience having something similar. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're mm-hmm. not doing it right, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, zero to 60, man. Like, this is instantaneous. If you do that, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means it's a moment for you to reflect and figure out how to turn back towards that person to to ask yourself okay i didn't do that quite right what is it that this person needs and and i think that's where we need to spend the remainder of this conversation it's like yeah what does a person who has been abused who is disclosing what is it that they need and i love that you brought up therapy because in, in many of these experiences that i ask you like oh have you been on the receiving end you will say no but I don't think that that means that you don't know what it feels like to come out and say, I am struggling with X and have some insight into what this means about what I need. Yeah. And the kind of support you want. And those yeah, experiences definitely. are the same, whether you've been abused or you're just struggling with a hard time. Yes. With some differences, of course. But more uh, yeah. alignment than differences. But there's there are nuances right there. But when you think about this particular kind of situation, in many ways, and even though I say this all the time, that it is a practice that you have to build up, so that the the immediate things that come into your mind and like, oh my god, what should I say? Oh my god, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And then you're like, take a moment and let me ask the right questions now, right? So I've been in this situation enough that I know. For me, this is how I'm going to respond. So this is what's going to work. And then modifying as needed based on the person's. Are there phrases you tell yourself now when somebody comes to you with like a big, big news? I'll just call it big news. If somebody comes to you with big news, is there something that you have in your brain that goes, okay, this is what I need to to Um, do? Yeah. The first thing is like, America, shut up. Yes. Let's stop there. That's really important. America, shut up. I tell myself the same thing. Teresa, shut up. 
Nothing that you're about to say right now is anything that you should say, period. <laughs> Just do not talk, period. Yeah. Why? Why did you come to that same understanding? It's so important. Because our immediate reaction, I think, as human beings is to want to be like, oh, and some say something because silence is so uncomfortable. Yes. Okay. Agree. And then because of other situations, it's like I'm not adding anything. I'm taking away mm-hmm. from this person's experience. So they just need to be heard. And then you have to listen to the entire thing and then figure out, okay, now what do I say? Yes, totally agree. And that's actually really hard to do. God, yes, it is. I will say the other thing I feel, and I'm wondering if you relate, is like when I speak too soon, I'm almost 100% of the time responding from a reactive place that is more about my needs and not about that other person's needs. I would agree in part that it is a reactionary, but not so much around my needs. It's about the feeling that I may have of being uncomfortable. Well, and that is a need. So that's what I mean by a need. It's like my need is one to not feel, to feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My need is based on, I feel responsible to say something right right now. So I need to go do that so I can feel less anxious. (laughs) Yes. Or my yes, need okay. Yes, is, to all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like so yeah, it's important to break down the need, right? Because you're like, look, like you're saying something and it's not to help this person. You're saying it because you feel uncomfortable. You need to feel heard or you need to feel less guilty. And that's not what that other person needs right now. Yeah. And this is why shutting up is what you should do first. <laughs> yeah. Secondary to that is before I even speak, I'm just like, take a pause, just breathe. Because in the middle of listening to somebody telling you X thing, it can be very, it can be very traumatic. It can be very surprising. It catches you off guard and you're just like, (sighs) yep. So for me, I'm just like, I got to breathe, yo. Remember to breathe. I love that because I think I'm right there with you. I can't tell if we're just like reinforcing where we're at together. But when you were talking about like just shutting up, my next thought was like, okay, what happens in my body? You know, that moment in a conversation when you allow yourself to shut up and you can just allow that person to talk and then you feel literally the energy between you decompress, like the air in the balloon is out. Yeah. And everybody just goes, okay, like we all collectively were in this space where sharing the news and the fear of all of that is done. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of, and you can see the person who's sharing with you kind of just go, because oh. <laughs> they are breathing. I was in a recent situation where that happened and I was the person sharing. mm and I and I remember feeling like, dude, well, I use another word. It's an F word. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I was just able to say that first thing. Yeah. And just say it. Like, yeah. I'm not holding on to it anymore. I, it's there. And I think when you're a support person, it's a really good rule that you're like, I literally won't say anything until the person talking to me takes a breath and I take a breath. I love that you said that. <laughs> like, everybody take a breath. <laughs> yeah. 
Everybody get to a place where you can just sit with that suffering. I call it sitting with suffering and learning to practice sitting with suffering because we're notoriously horrible with sitting with suffering. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Don't try to fix anything right now. It's not your job to fix something right now. It's really okay. Like, take a breath. It's not your job to fix it. It's also okay for you to tend to your own feelings and acknowledge for yourself, like, whoa, this is really scary. With with you talking about all of that, like, um, I can totally and I can relive moments that I've had within the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, yo, that, that was the other side of it where, you know, I know that I'm very solution oriented. So my, my brain automatically is like, yo, I'm going to pop in action and I'm going to do what I can to help everything. And because I know that I have to step back and be like, yo, they're not asking for solutions right now. But I've also been on the receiving and where somebody has tried to do that to me. And I'm like, and I have literally told them, I don't need you to tell me what to do, how to solve this. I just need you to listen. And they were looking at me like, okay. And even it's a little off-putting because you're like, okay, well then what am I supposed to do then? You're just supposed to listen. Yeah. We do not know how to listen. Yeah. I tell people this all the time. We were not trained how to listen when we were supposed to learn that skill, which was at six years old. Yeah. So as a culture, human beings, none of us know how to listen. We just know how to jump reactively to action, to fix problems and make them go away, you know? Yeah. Even though if you ask yourself, like, what do you need in that moment? Everybody is just like, I just need to feel heard. I just want to say what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And have you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, that leads me to that to the next step because if the situation requires for me to ask some pointed questions, when you know, like, do you need help right now? Are you in danger right now? Then I will move in a direction of more more direct action. But also understanding and just asking the question, what do you need from me right now? And this is the final stage of how do you support someone who is abused, right? Mm-hmm. Finally, after letting them feel heard, after taking a breath, attending to where your space is and your mind space is, knowing that you can orient yourself towards that person who is suffering or hurting right now, you asked, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Or what do you need? What do you need right now? What do you need right now? I think that's actually the better question. We're so chaotically focused on just like disclosing and how traumatic that is. Like we don't even often get to the point where we get where we ask ourselves like what do I need which is why in a lot of the worksheets that we have at MHA we tell people like go through your worksheet identify your need maybe come to that as part of the conversation so you can help that other person help you but you've also thought through that process if you are a support person and you can say what what do you need I think that is great and be prepared that the answer is just like I don't know yeah. I'm just going to cry. <laughs> I actually yeah. just feel horribly chaotic or even anger. Oh, I've definitely, oh, I had somebody ask me like, and they didn't ask it like, what do you need? They were like, well, what does justice look like for you? <laughs> I was like, damn, what justice? I don't even know what I want right now. You're asking me yeah. about justice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that sounds elevated. That That makes me think of like, you know, the old cowboy movies. 
You know, he'd be like, I'm ready. Where yeah. am I going? You I was know? Like, oh, clearly you want justice. So you want justice for me. So now you're asking me what I want for justice. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what justice looks like. You know what, though? I don't know what I want right now. I just want to cry and be sad for myself. Yes. And because most often, in my experience, the, the response has been, I don't know. It really is like, how the hell am I supposed to put into words whatever the hell I'm feeling right now? You know, so then oftentimes I will be like, okay, do you want me to come pick you up? Do you mm -hmm. want to just go for a ride? You mm -hmm. know, do you want to just, I can pick you up and we can just sit in the car. You don't have yeah. to say anything, but I can get you out of whatever thing you are in right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So in in some ways, I think that helps the person pause again, right? F from that reactionary, like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe whatever. And then mm -hmm. you're like. No, no, no. Let me just break it down to something that is very tangible. Do you want to go get a hamburger? You know, like, are you hungry? You know what I love that you intuitively did? You took the decision-making responsibility away from me. Because after disclosing a traumatic thing, I'm exhausted and I don't know what I need or want. And at that point, I just want someone to help me make that decision. And by providing options that I could just say yes or no to, that could help. Yeah. Of uh, which one of them is just like, is this all you needed today? And and is it okay if I just keep checking in on you? Which I think is really fine too, right? Like if somebody says, I don't want to go for a ride, I don't want to do this. And one of your options is like, is this what you needed? Did you just need to tell me? And I'm here. I love you. I support you. I'm sorry that happened. Do you want to keep talking about it? Do you feel okay right. now? And then is it okay if I call you? All of those are within the realm of options for how to follow up next to what somebody needs yeah um it also makes me think about this idea like depending on who um who has reached out because i've had very close people reach out that are like super duper close to me and then others that i've never really talked to but they know that i work in this space and then mm. they're like here's her number and and i'll randomly receive a call and i'd be like mm. wow i've never talked to you but and I say that because when you think about the reaction that you're going to have, you always have to, one, it has to be genuine, right? I like, I, in some trainings, people are like, oh, you just say these words. And I'm like, dude, do not use words that do not sound like you and the person that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Like, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. If, if you, Teresa, come to me and be like, America, what can I help you with? Today? I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, that's not you. Like, I would never in my mind want you to respond to me that way. You know, if you came to me and then were like, yo, I heard some stuff happen. What's up? It breaks down some of those barriers that I myself can put up in the situation. So it's very important to think about that. And also think about the level of action that is required on your part. Mm -hmm. Okay. If a person is very close to me and I hear that they are hurt mm -hmm. dude that place of justice is like oh i want to kill people you know like <laughs> I, like that is innately going to come up for me because i'm so tied to this the well-being of this individual mm -hmm. that feeling has to be put on the back burner because my feelings are not of importance in that moment yeah right it's really helping that individual through that. And then I can take time for myself with other people, whatever, to manage my response to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Honestly, for people who have been 
in the I'll call them the discloser. You're like the person who's sharing the knowledge, the information that you're in this situation. Like I'm very intimately feeling right now that I'm like, whoa, looking back, like I definitely did not plan zero percent beyond just like all I need to do is figure out how to tell someone. And because of that, I've been swept up in the stuff that you talk about. Like sometimes you say something and then like all this other crap happens because you shared. And then you're like that as a child is a lesson like, whoa, that sucks. (laughs) And like, and a lot of the stuff that can happen is because people are reacting in like totally different ways, like maybe getting too aggressive without first asking me like what do I feel like needs to happen or some people also just like didn't say anything at all and never touch base at all which is a very other different kind of weird feeling but what you're saying that's so important is like when you reflect on the way you're reacting to the news you have to pay attention to the way that your follow-up behaviors are being done to the person that just talked to you versus doing it with them Mm-hmm. together. And that's really important, especially for people who feel out of control. Totally. Ask yourself as a support person, am I adequately talking to that child or that sibling or the whatever to make sure that I'm including them, that I am letting them know? When we're adults, I think some things that I've found that have been helpful for friends is that they just will say, can I check in with you? Because I, as an adult, I've now realized like, okay, I have some friends who just hear me and support me in the moment. And this goes back to your thing about like, oh, how close am I to this person? Because you feel like, oh, I'm here supporting you in this moment. And like, do I call? Like, this is weird. You know, (laughs) we're not really close. Do I call? And um, there's no right or wrong answer here. You know, I've had some friends check in three times. I've had some friends check in once. It could be a text message. I think it's important that... um, Everybody understands that everyone is going through a lot. Like if I'm a vic- if I'm the person who's disclosing and I don't hear from that person, I can feel hurt sometimes. Like I have. I felt hurt. Totally. When I'm in my angry phase, I'm like, that person never cared. They never even said anything else. They're just avoiding the situation. And, you know, and like then I have to step back and breathe and be like, that's not true. Whoa, you just dropped a bomb on them. Maybe they're going through a lot themselves. They don't know how to like, they don't know what to say to you, but that doesn't mean they don't care about you. Yeah. So what that brings to mind is the the idea that um, more so because more people are kind of sharing skill sets in this area, one of the things, I'm going to call it like the knock on the door, right? It's like, I have to tell you something. Are you in a good place to hear me? Mm-hmm. As a, as a preemptive to be like, I'm just going to drop this freaking bomb right now. I, I got you. You know, I need you to pay attention. So that's not to say that you necessarily have to do that, but it is mindful. It's helping the the person who's going to disclose set the stage because I wouldn't want you to come and tell me something, right? And I'm not fully paying attention to you and you walk away feeling like, um, Erica sucks. Like she wasn't listening, you know? And then I, and because I wasn't able to capture really what you wanted to share, then it becomes like another thing that just happened. Nothing that requires deep brain power and personal human emotion. Like, yo, I have to do something here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is just the very beginning. I mean, I think we started, you know, when we looked up this question online 
am I abused? Uh, how do I support someone who's abused? It doesn't ever break down the initial anxiety or fear. It jumps very quickly to solutions itself. That's what we don't like about some of the article spaces that we find. It's just like they're all solution focused. Um, so hopefully providing some perspective on just the nuance that occurs in that moment, in the conversations, because we all know some ways to get to action because we said it. We're all trained up on how to move to action. What we're not trained up is just the the literal five, 10, 15 minutes where we're managing all of those big feelings mm-hmm. as part of the conversation. So I think we touched on an important topic today. <sighs> Take a breath. Take a deep breath, yo. Yeah. We will um, talk to you next week. Yeah. And um, keep fighting in the open, everybody. Keep on fighting in the open. Bye.